Hello, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Just 90 Minutes. Uh, we do apologize for our absence last week. Uh, it was due to unforeseen circumstances. However, today we're here and we're hoping we're going to have a very beautiful conversation moving forward. Uh, I would like to give some time to um, David and Tifa to have, you know, one or two things to say if they want something to say. Oh, David is out of the way. Okay, Tifa, please, you have the mic. Please, could you, while we wait for David, could you just say one or two things? To Hi, guys. How are you doing? I can't talk too much because I blame EG for taking my voice. They put it inside our sweet journal friends that we had this weekend. But you guys are just going to have to take me as I am today. Um, like Lucy said, we apologize for not being available last week, but we're here today. I know a couple of you are watching Big Brother, but it's fine. Don't worry. You can do both. Um, today we're talking about uh, how much you believe the child, like childhood discipline um, has shaped you into who you are as an adult today. So request the mic, don't be shy, and share on your timelines that Just 90 Minutes is on. Over to you, Lassie. Thank you very much, Tifa. Um, David, do you have something to share with us today before we start? Um, hi, Lassie. Hi, everyone. Yeah, sorry, I had to drop off because I couldn't hear you before. Um, do you want me to like start with my perspective, or I don't think this topic needs an intro? I'm just trying to. Yeah, just go on. Go on just give it, just yeah, say one or two words. I'm yeah, trying to. And while okay, go on. David, while David is on, while he's speaking, I would we would also appreciate if you can request for the mic and if you've digested the topic, let's begin as well. Let's shoot, David. Yeah, you have the mic. And the... Yeah, thanks, Leslie. Um, we will manage the small voice that we have. Um. My voice is not as bad as many people's on go. It's definitely not 100%. And I have no regrets. I'm, I'm happy with what I'm working with. And so, on that note, I'll open the floor with what I think about flogging. Um, I think it's a case of the end justifies the means. And I'll use my personal life as, as an example. I, I, got, I got a lot of flogging growing up as a child. Um, I, was, I was a problem child, literally. I was I troubled my parents a lot, and my dad was 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 quick to anger, and he, he always lashed out like he, he flogged me like really really well. Uh, there's no type of beating I've not collected. Is he horse? Is he wire? Is he koboko? Is he cane? Is he belt? Is he hand? Name it. And I went to a boys' only school, so I've been collecting flogging from home and from outside home. Now, the one thing that I have, or the one issue that I think. Is, is a bit of a problem for me in the whole flogging process is the fact that most of those punishments, I can say categorically, were just an expression of anger. It did not come from a place of the need to correct the child. So now, and that's where the issue is. Um, at what point does flogging become a release of anger? And at what point does it become a point of correction? Because very easily, those two things can switch lanes. And I think in many cases, that's what happens. Because I can say for sure most of the flogging I received my dad, to the extent to which they went, it was not really from a place of correction. It was from a place of anger, from a place of showing that you need to fear me because if you do not fear me, heaven will fall on your head. And um, to be fair, if he looks at me today as a father, if he looks at what I'm doing in life today, 
he's going to feel justified that yes, uh, if not for my beating, he won't be where he is today. But I can also make the argument that there are people that probably never had that beating that are able to do better than me in life. So it's not it's not it's not that straightforward. Uh, but I think very easily we can switch lens between correcting the child and just releasing anger. And um, yeah, I think the idea of the edge justifies events is not also going to hold water because um, you can get to the same destination using many different routes. You can all get to the same end using many different means. So the fact that your means worked or the fact that your results look right does not necessarily mean it was because your means was the best. Um, there are people that did a completely different way and maybe even have better results. And I think I'll, I'm happy to leave it at that for starters. Uh, let, me, let me hear what, what people have to say. Then if I need to chip in again, I'm, I'll be back on. Thanks. Thank you very much, David, for, you know, giving us an intro to the topic. Again, uh, how much has childhood discipline shaped your adulthood? So I know a lot of people may be talking about flogging and all that. But for the context and purpose of this topic, you know, let's talk about childhood discipline as a whole. Let's also include, well, the topic said the road that's caning. But let's also look at the wider perspective, if we possibly can, with time, um, include other form of um, punishments that are very, 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 you know, those types that are very difficult to handle, you know. So let's hear it. And we, we, we can see, we, let's take a let's take a. a you from the events we had you know they were in the weekend you realize that there are certain people while growing up were not really allowed to go to parties or you know have a lot of friends there are a lot of things that may have conditioned people into that aspect of um discipline and while growing up while they say spare the rod and spoil the child not necessarily the rod it, de it depends on the dis uh, disciplinarian or the disciplining of the child so you realize that while you discipline the child as they grow up most of the things that we are actually able to do today is as a result of the fact that we have either been flogged or be, be disciplined for for them while we were growing up of course there are some of us that are strong-headed but in the grand scheme of things the question still boils down to how much has childhood discipline shaped your adulthood? How much has that affected who you are today for positively or negatively or otherwise? So request for the mic and we're very happy and glad to hear you. And the first person on the space today is Ifama. Ifama, please, you have the, 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 the floor. Go on. Sorry, I'm trying to get my voice working. <clears throat> Like I said, I don't think anybody has a voice today. <clears throat> I'm trying. So um, I'm going to look at this topic. I'm going to look at it from two different perspectives, from the perspective of a child growing up and from the perspective of a parent of a child growing up now. I can. I know that a lot of us like to say, oh, um, our parents, yes, our parents, there was a bit, there was a big, um, there was not so much of a boundary between disciplining us and abusing us but at the end of the day um david like david will say our parents are now taking credit for the abuse or the beats or something but i would look, like to look at it from two angles like like i said it's not just about beating there are a lot of things that shaped us while we're growing up probably not going for parties not going for anything but i also feel like a balance of it's all was what a lot of us got. And let's also not forget that growing up, so our parents actually taught us what they knew. They, only they taught us what they knew or what they were exposed to. Same way we're teaching our children what we know and what we're exposed to. 
So do um for beating and um discipline per se, I would say it played a very vital role in my life as a person. My parents were very, very they were strict but they were also very liberal in the sense of I remember there was this one time in primary school, like I never forget she's my she used to be my best friend then, but I still owe that thing against her. I went to kids being kids now. My they didn't my father didn't believe in letting children handle money. So they bought us snacks, everything till I was like in secondary school. I think senior certified started handling money. So they bought us everything, snacks for school. I know that thing about your friends after during break in primary school, your friends or after school, your friends are buying ice cream. Me, I could not buy because I did not have money. I shall now beg another of my friend. You know, when they used to cut ice cream into two, I was like, okay, cut into two, let me share with you. My best friend then, she was like, oh, I told her, this was the person gave me ice cream. She was like, oh, okay. Next thing, driver came to pick me with my auntie. As so we talked, she was like, hey, auntie, so, so, and so, do you know that if Oma begs for ice cream in school today, how? I got some, guess what happened? So it's all muted us. That should be a mistake from That was a mistake. I'm sorry, my phone okay. dropped. Yeah. Go on, I was please. thinking my dad was going to flog me and I wished he flogged me that day. That was now the day my father decided to be a liberal man. He now said, From now till I change my mind, you can never have ice cream again. Now, as the 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 odds were against me, guess what? My cousins that holiday all my cousins from all over came. And of course, children are around. What's the next thing? Ice cream. Everybody's having ice cream. And there I am looking. I cannot have ice cream because my father has said, you are banned from having ice cream till further notice. I served that punishment for the whole holiday. And it was a big thing for me. And it just made me... That was it for me. I stopped. I cannot... If I used to see me beg someone for something, ah... I will remember that day. Did I wish he flogged me that day? Yes, because he had flogged me. I would have had the holiday of a lifetime. But if he did not, now I'm thinking about it. I wish he flogged me. Then another very crazy scenario happened. I went to school. I forgot to do... I forgot to submit my math notes for my teacher. I forgot. I promised my dad was checking my work that day. And he saw it. Guess what? Oga flogged me with stethoscope. He just came back from the hospital. And he flogged me with stethoscope. Why did he not just punish me and say, going forward, my, your teacher must mark your book, henceforth? So it was very, very crazy. But I say I'm grateful for those little life lessons because it's what has shaped me to where I am right now. It was a mixture of both words. Sometimes it was a bit extreme. But now looking back as being a parent, I can understand it because now, with the, now I would now take it back to being a parent now. With the modern way of... Um, discipline gentle parenting and all that while look we're seeing more unreformed children and um teenagers and all that the things that we did like when you hear your father is coming you will off tv do everything arrange your house i don't see all that and i'm talking even my daughter now because me and my husband were saying that my daughter has zero regards it's not like she's disrespectful but the little little things that we could even dare to do when we were growing up, we find out doing it now because oh, we're trying to be inclusive, gentle parenting, and all that. Um, like we all, I travel with them to Bournemouth and all. When we're in the Airbnb, we're just you'll find that she wants to come and sit down. 
I want to be listening to the gist. And I'm like, hey, imagine when my father and his friends or my mother and her friends are having gist. I want to sit down in the parlor. I'm not mad. That's the end of it. So I understand that um, back then parenting was really harsh, but I feel like we need it. We need to be able to balance it out because now this whole sparing the road, um, having gentle parenting, it's not like I'm not, it's not the most effective way of per, per, um, parenting. Sometimes manual reset is very important. Very, very important. So I'm a big advocate for manual reset and sometimes gentle parenting, but more of manual reset. Thank you. Tifa, you are a co-host, man. You can oh, unmute yourself. No, no, no. I wanted to just make sure that I actually finished talking before I said anything. Okay. Um, because, um, my own experience of childhood raising, the only person that beat me when I was growing up was my brother. My older brother is because I'm a stubborn goat. My parents are very, like, my parents have always had gents. I think my mom beats me just one time my entire life. My dad has never hit me ever. Um, just sternly shouted at me. But you see this um thing where like I'm I'm I've never really had to you know run when my dad is coming or anything. My grandpa yeah and all of that. But I I personally like this new style of gentle parenting to be honest yes a little um hard reset every once in a while but personally i really like this new age style of gentle parenting because i've seen children who actually know how to converse they know how to use their words i i've because with our generation we're, we're irrationally scared of so many things and it doesn't make sense um if you see how my mom talk my mom says something i'm like okay mom i understand where you're coming from but how about you think about it this way Okay, so she was complaining that since I moved fully to the UK, I haven't um I haven't really spoken to her more. Like we used to talk more when I was in Nigeria than now. And I was like, I mean it's it's been causing a huge fight between both of us. But then today we had like a proper conversation about it. I was like, okay, mommy needs to understand that I actually uprooted my life from somewhere. We had like a grown-up conversation about it. But that's how our relationship has always been, you know. And I think that it has really helped me so much. Um, into who I am today. I'm very confrontational. If I do not like something, I'm not rude about it. I'm not bitchy or, um, you know, saucy about it. I will talk to you directly. I was like, okay, there's, you don't have to speak to me this way. There are better ways to communicate how you feel. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I think that I'm, if I'm a please, more of your gentle parenting and less of the, of the, what's it called again, of the hard reset. Because even from pictures, you can tell that you guys have like a very good bond between yourselves and your kids, which I, I love. It makes it easier for them to communicate with you. There was something I had one time um, a, a couple of years ago that had to do with sex. And I, like, I, was, I told my friends, like, oh, I told my mom about this and she said I should do it. She was like, ah, you told your mom about this thing. I was like, yeah, why didn't she just go to your hospital? I was like, I'll go to your hospital. I'll tell my mom because it's easier for me to have this conversation with my mom than having it to the stranger who is a doctor. And I feel like my mom, because of her medical, like, like the medical knowledge she has would, you know, advise me easier than, you know, this strange man, which most likely would be a man would. You get me? So love it for your kids. If my please, more of it. I have a question. Sorry, you. I was uh, going to say uh, something to Tifa. Funny enough, Tifa, in everything you have said, like I said, my parents are a bit of balance. And the same relationship we have with your mom, I have that with my dad. As much as my dad was a disciplinarian, my dad raised us to be very, very vocal. I'm not, sometimes I can be very rude, but I will tell you my mind. Before I used to be termed very rude because Nigerian old, old as, elders are not used to. Be, I'm, I can give you a perfect scenario. I remember this one time 
we went to do GC. Me, I knew that GC was not the thing I was going to use to enter university. So I literally did not prepare for it. And guess what? I I failed it, but not the way, not failed it in the real sense of words. I refused to check my results at all. I wrote to my cousin, my dad's elder sister's son. And so my cousin sent it in the past and all that. And my auntie kept saying, oh, we need to, we need to see your results. Is it going to see results? And one day I just I said, you know what? You can't be asking for my results if you didn't pay for it. You have no rights to ask me for that. She was very upset, like very upset. When she went to my dad, my dad was like, but she's not wrong. If I need to see the results, if she thinks I need to see the results, she'll show me the results. And that was the relationship I had with my dad. We, he was very, very, dis- he was a disciplinary, but he also always just knew that anybody, you could say your mind. You, we had freedom of speech, but um, freedom after speech was not very guaranteed, but we had freedom of speech from him and from my parents. And that's the same thing I'm doing with my kids. I am very, I'm trying to be very liberal, but also with this country, especially with Nigeria, I say, oh, well, you are literally the only person giving your child discipline. Because it's not, in Nigeria, you could misbehave at home and your mom will go to school for open day. And when you, and when your mom says, oh, you did this, you did that, your teachers will take it up and follow up. But it's not the same with this country. You literally have teachers who are, who are very scared of disciplining your kids. So you are literally the only one in charge of this, their discipline in this country. So that's why I'm more harder than I should naturally be because if not, you will they see 11 years of VIP. That actually makes sense. That makes so much sense. I'm not even going to lie. That makes sense. Can you hear me, Tifa? Yes, yes, yes. I can hear you. Let's see. Can you hear me, please? Yeah, I can hear you. No, I'm talking to Ifa. My team, she's not hearing me. I can hear you, Lexi. Oh, okay, okay. That's fine. I, I, I actually wanted to ask you a question, yeah? But as you've continued talking, I've, the question has flowed from my head. I, wanted, I think the question borders around the line of, do you think that um, the difference in the way you discipline your children uh, has contributed maybe significantly uh, in your relationship with them from what you experienced when uh, when you were younger with your own parents. Do you think there is a difference? Do you think that difference has contributed significantly to that relationship? Sorry, I do understand the question. Do you think... How you have chosen to discipline your children eh, has affected your relationship with them significantly, vis-a-vis, maybe positively, vis-a-vis your relationship with your own parents when you were younger. Um, I would say, I don't. My relationship with my children, I can't really give that because the only person I can say can really have like a perfect or example is my daughter because she because my son is just growing really doesn't understand anything yet about relationship or this but with my daughter it's a two-way street we have conversations and sometimes we sh- we have manual resets in the case of the word but even looking back with my parents i feel like it's the same thing and nothing really has changed with our relationship i have open relationship with her she's already in that age where she's where there are crushes and all those things and i also even though sometimes my husband might be a bit cringe, what I'm sure it's somewhere now been a bit cringy, but I understand that at that age too, I had crushes and I'm beginning to help her understand the feelings around it and not be very like my parents were. Um, then we could talk to our parents about um, 
sex and every other thing, but not as detailed as we could now. I am now with my daughter. And he also, to an extent, didn't help. My, my, me and my mom were not the best of friends growing up. And I'll give you an example why, because I always felt that she left discipline for my dad. If I do something wrong, she'll say, oh, I'm waiting for your, when your dad comes back, I will deal with you. So we weren't that close till I had my child. And now I'm closer to her because I now understand that, okay, they were doing good cop, bad cop. And that's the same thing in my own home. So it's almost the same thing, kind of, if you understand what I'm saying. It's almost the same thing. Thank you very much, Ifoma. Thank you very much. Um, Ike, you have the floor, please. Good evening, everyone. Okay, Um, on the topic here. So I will say um, it's had... Uh, Minimal impacts on me. Uh, so growing up, my childhood, uh, my dad has only beaten me twice in my entire lifetime. But my mom, on a steady. So, can you guys hear me? Loud and clear, bro. Go on, loud and clear. Um, I don't think um, the whole beating thing really shaped me. Yeah. Uh, because I turned out to be how I wanted to be. I acted. I did things irrespective of whether I was going to be beaten or not. But growing up here, I got to realize that no, no two children can ever be the same, even when it comes to twins here. Yeah? So the approach you use on one child may or may not work on another child. So... For me, uh, how do I, well, when I have kids, how do I want to discipline them? Well, I'm not sure I'm going to whoop. <laughs> I'm not going to flog them as much as my mom flogged me. Uh, because um, I feel this generation, things are changing. Yeah? Times are changing and uh, different methods of discipline can be applied. And if the discipline my mom gave me hampered my relationship with her, no, it did not. Funny enough, my relationship with my dad was a bit different, despite him not whooping me. Yeah, but growing up and uh, again and becoming an an adult, you you understand the reasons or the motive behind the discipline or the whooping you received as a kid one incident that that comes to mind when whenever we speak of discipline when i was a child i gave a plate of rice to my rabbit my dad whooped me not because of giving the rabbit a plate of rice but he whooped me and told me he was doing that so that i would always remember that Having a plate of food isn't an entitlement, it's a privilege. So, stuff like that, yeah, helped me appreciate things that I had. Yeah, thank you. Um, Can I just ask a question? Do you think that if he had sat you down instead and explained to you how, you know, how important, you know, having that plate of food is without, you know, the whooping bits, would they have had the same effect? Because um, I'm saying this because it won't, you know it won't have had for it you. you think I, know, so? I, I know the year word. Because, you know, there's 
the funny thing is that there's one thing that sticks to me. I can never waste food. Do you know why? My dad always, you know, after we eat, he would always say, alhamdulillah, and he'll say, he'll say it just goes beyond me get having this food to eat. There are so many people who don't have food to eat. And he always just stuck with me because he would always say it. He always just said it. So it's not as if I was intentional about not wasting food, but I just literally can never waste food. Uh, I would force myself to finish that food. Remember I said something. No two kids can ever be the same. Oh, no, no, no. I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Do you think it would have made a difference if you had just sat no. you down and explained my, to My me? dad can, like, is a bit different to the versions of people's dads I've heard. People's dads do the whooping. My dad is more of a talker. Yeah, so he's talked to me about different things before, and I still ended up doing what I wanted to do. So the whooping was more or less like, guy, make it there at the back of your head. And I've done worse things than giving a plate of rice to a rabbit, and I got talked to rather than being whooped. But that particular incident was just a reminder. So either way, it wouldn't have changed if I had. It wouldn't have changed anything. Fair enough. Daddy, do you want to say something? Yes, yes. I think I had a talk about talking, discussing sex with your parents. Ah, almost. That's nice, bro. That's, that's, that's impressive. But um, I just wanted to share how, how the extensive beatings that I received as a child, um, I wouldn't say it's affecting me directly, but I can see the effects in the relationship with my dad. Um, So, me personally, I mean, I think I'm an adult now, so... I think I started to take responsibility for my life from like 20 anyways. So personally, is there an effect on me? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, because it don't happen, it don't happen. But is there an effect on him? Oh, there is a lot. And I can see it. Like I see it play out every single time. So because he was so strict, as in my dad was the dad that would come home. You hear the horn of the car and the parlor is empty within minutes. Like everybody disappears. That's how strict my dad was. But now, that everybody's grown up. There are certain conversations he wants to have. There are certain rapport relationships that he wants to have. But the the time has gone. The time for that is gone. So I'm seeing the effect, not personally, but I can see how, how those things are actually affecting the way we relate today. And I can see the pain. I can see the pain through him. He won't say it, he won't admit it, but I can see that um now he probably thinks Maybe a different approach would have been better. But of course, it's not going to come out and admit it. But there are times my dad wants us to just sit down and drink and chill and talk. And I'm like, um, I didn't grow up like this. I actually don't know how to do this. I don't have anything against you, but I don't know how to sit down, have a drink and talk with you. Do you understand? Like, I can't start learning that now. It's a bit too late for that. So um, I, I, you, you approached fatherhood from a place of provision and, and shelter and all of my needs, which you did excellently well. I can't fault you on that. But now... The role has reversed. That's the position I'm starting to feel like I'm responsible for. Like, if he needs me, yes, I am obliged to come through for him. If I need to do anything as the person that I am in my capacity, I have to do it. So it's more, it's more like, okay, now I'm playing that role of I should just provide and be the responsible son. Um, every other thing is like an unnecessary extra, which is which what which is what used to be the case when I was a child. Every other thing was an unnecessary. We didn't used to do birthdays in my house. Is that serious? Like, I didn't do birthdays. I only had one birthday as a child, just my ten-year-old birthday. That was a secret from my dad. My mom hid our 10th birthdays. So that's that's how crazy my house was. But we went to the best schools. We did whatever degrees we wanted in whatever countries we wanted. But then again, there is a very significant cost to that. And I can see it play out in him right now. You know, that. Thank you, Daddy. 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 Thank you, Dadd
Um, do you think that your experience is going to make sure, sorry, is going to make you um, do different things like intentionally do things differently with your own kids when you have them? Um, definitely. Um, definitely. As, as a matter of fact, my, I think my overall understanding of women stems from, from my dad. And my, my, like from watching my dad and my mom, to be honest, everything I know about the woman today um, is because I've, I was forced to be close to my mom. Okay, because there are certain things that she could not really say anywhere else except to me and, and things like that. So my understanding of women is from a place of of dysfunction, if that makes sense. So um, so my understanding of how to raise a child, again, it's easy to say this thing in theory. When the children come, it might not be that serious. But as of now, my understanding of how to train a child is also coming from a place of dysfunction. So I have seen a formula that does not work. Okay? So I, I'm not sure of the formula that works, but at least I know for sure there is a formula that that may look like it's working, but in the long run, comes with the cost. Thank you so much for that, David. Thank you very much. Um, I think after IK, we have Harvey, if I'm correct, Lucy. No, after IK, we have, um, what's her name, Maikudi. Oh, thank you for that. Ben Harvey. Yeah, Maikudi, you, you have the mic, please. Okay, thank you. Um, so I, I saw the topic and I just had to share my own little experience. So um, as a kid... I would say I was disciplined like a lot, a lot. At the time, my family was going through some certain changes. And being the first child, I'm, I'm five years older than my, my sibling, right? So being the first child, uh, somehow, some part of the blame was placed on me. I was, I was very young. I had to grow up fast and, and all that thinking about how my childhood went and all the discipline that I had to take at the time, comparing to the kind of person I am now, I would say it's, it's impacted me both positively and negatively. So positively, it, it has made me very disciplined, right? Like I can do without a lot of things. I can condition my mind because when you are disciplining your child or when a child's been disciplined especially if it's often and it depends on the brutality of the method they can go to a place in their mind where they are it, it develops that that um, side of them right like their imagination and so to speak so uh, and things around them in the physical they can condition themselves to not be directly affected by it so it, it, it made me to be very um, disciplined, like I could go to a place in my head and it doesn't matter what's going on around me, I'll, I'll be fine. Negatively, uh, it impacted me by making me kind of um, scared, fear. So when, when parents discipline their children, they should take note of the, like, the method, the frequency, and the reason even, because most times they think they are instilling um, maybe uh, discipline or all those other good stuff that they think they are instilling. But most times what they're instilling is fear and not just um, um, maybe uh, caution, caution, yeah, 
fear, like real fear of a lot of things, fear of taking risks, fear of making mistakes. These things are part of life. No matter how much you fear it, you still have to go through it. You have to take risk in this life. You have to fail in this life. But most, most times I've found myself being very afraid of going through those things, that even when I'm going through those things, I don't even recognize the lesson that I have to learn. I don't recognize that, okay, um, this, this is a bad situation, but I could learn something from this. I'm only seeing the bad side and I'm only blaming myself. Like, I shouldn't have had to go through it. I should have done this, do that. Like, I'm disciplining myself. Like, I'm, I'm let's say, flogging myself. Because in my head, anytime something goes wrong, somebody needs to be punished. And now that I'm grown, the person that needs to be punished is me. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I just started realizing as I'm growing because um, self-awareness is a journey. You find out things about yourself from your past, present, future, and all that as you grow your um, introspection, self-introspection and whatnot. And I, I realized that, okay, because I've always thought, why am I like this? What's going on? Like, how do I solve this? And then I realized, oh, okay, this is the reason why. And then I, I'm, I'm now starting to unlearn years, years of all this stuff, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad for social media because it kind of opened a window into the lives of other people. So at the time when I was a kid, other people, I think that was the parenting style back then. The frequency was different for every household, but that was the style back then, like to discipline your children generally. If anything goes wrong, they break, they, they break a dish or they, if they fail in class. Even things that are not generally their fault, but they had a small part in. Like you have to teach them the consequences of their actions and all. So at the time, I thought it was normal. But growing up, meeting more people, going to social media to meet different types of people from different parts of the world and understand, okay, this wasn't the best way to have done this. Discipline, yes, there are different forms of discipline. But physical contact is not always like the go-to. And back then, that was like the go-to for most parents. Just don't beat you, finish. Sometimes children don't, don't even, not even sometimes, most times children don't know the lesson they are teaching them if you beat them like with your hand or with something they don't they don't know the lesson what they are focused on at that time what they're focused on is the pain you're inflicting on them so there is not really a teachable moment so it's no more like the most effective way to instill discipline in your child right and i wish at that time i i, I wish now actually i wish now that i had had a different um, upbringing um and I think it has made me, I don't have children yet, but it has made me um, decide that when I do have children, I will not beat them. I will find there are diff many different ways. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to study psychology. So in developmental psychology, there are many different ways to communicate with children, to teach them, to instill any type of um, good values and morals we want in them. And none of them involve beating the child. So I'm, I, I will look into that. In fact, that's what I want to focus on. And I'm, I'm going to give my children like a better childhood. So for me, it impacted me both positively and negatively. Although I wish it had been different because I'm not, I'm not exactly a stubborn person because I've heard people say, ah, they were stubborn. I wasn't. I wasn't exactly a stubborn person. Um, I was outgoing. 
somehow for some part of my childhood, but as I grew up, it changed. And I don't know, maybe if my children are like me, I would know how to, you know, bring them closer to me. Okay. okay, thank you very much, Michael. I think, arguably, um, one of the functions of uh, the disciplining of a child was to create this fear factor. You know, when you, when you do something and you are being flogged, that flogging creates this kind of... Uh, fear factor in you that you begin to get scared for the fear of being flogged that in itself deters you from carrying out that same action which you did previously that made them flog you so some people will even tell you go as far as telling you flogging them to an extent give them some sort of anxiety or maybe even ptsd i don't know i'm just saying but uh personally on my own path i think there are certain things that flogging on my own path actually helps to correct. And of course it works differently with different people, but that was how the new best to correct us as children, as growing children. That was how the new best as well, you know, to uh, handle the situation. Most times it's it, it all boils down to the fact that only one parent is actually doing the correction. Maybe because owe to the fact that perhaps the other parent is not always available to, you know, assist in the upbringing of the child. I mean, I owe to that fact as well. But I, I, I personally do not think we can um, just conclusively rule out the, the, the part of um, disciplining the child or flogging the child as the case may be. Of course, there are certain other sort of punishments that may be involved. I, I'm, I picked pin a lot. I sat on the golden seat a lot. Like, I prefer you should even flog me and tell me to sit on the golden seat. Because, you know, that kind of punishment, they can even give you the punishment and forget you there for like 45 minutes. And your legs will be vibrating and you'll be dancing, go-go shake. Like, when you finish, you will not be able to walk. You will just be crying. And the kind of punishment, you know, it is one thing that, it is one thing for them to punish you and you are crying. It's another thing for them to punish you and they tell you not to cry. Else you will be flogged on top of the punishment. And those are the kind of extreme punishment. You would think we were in some of these China, China, Chinese concentration camps. At the point, I, I used to feel like my parents were not my real parents. But we, we give glory to God today. Well, moving on, the next speaker for, for us today is Harvey. Harvey, you have... Quick one, before Harvey talks, yeah, I just want to say something. So my thought is something that was very important and kind of resonated with me, and I just want to, like, you know, echo it back. Um, she said she had to unlearn, like, unlearn and relearn so much. And I think um, most of us pass on trauma without really knowing this because we don't take out the time to unlearn a lot of things that we're taught um, in the guise of discipline. So um, I think that's something, if we don't take anything out of here, we should definitely take out of here. Um, you need to unlearn most of the things that you were taught in the guise of discipline and know what is um, this and recognize discipline for what it truly is. Discipline is having, you know, great financial um, financial management, knowing, oh, this thing that I'm about to do is going to hurt me or probably hurt someone else. I shouldn't be doing it. It's not, oh, not living your life for who you are genuinely because your mommy and your daddy told you it's not good or because it's 
um, because of what other people say. I'm not saying you want to shame your parents or your family, but you need to also be intentional about doing things that please you and, you know, are true to yourself and recognize discipline for what it is and what, you know, past on trauma is for what it is. I have to, I'm still around, but I'm going to put on hold. My bro. How do you have the flow? I'll try to rush myself because I have an order. Harvey, we can barely hear you. I'm sorry. Sorry, can you hear me? I mean, Harvey, do you want to like come back? Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, in the absence of Harvey, let's go with Covenant. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, for me, I would say I had different. Um, like both my parents had different approach to discipline, and it sort of has shaped how I've grown up. So my mom is the on the spot. Like, if you do any, how you see it. Like, if it's and not necessarily um objects, but um hand behind your neck hand slap or you know just hits hits you but my dad was the remind me to flog you kind of person and it never happened but he always made me see like right from a young age he always made me see why I should not have done it and I end up being remorseful and so but even though I'll do it again because I was stubborn of course but I understood um the correction from a place of love more from his um his perspective and growing up when i when i started to get wiser i i got to the point where i would not do this thing because it's not good one and because um i would not make the people that love me happy so it sort of was not natural to want to rebel anymore because I felt like I'm going to be hurting the people that love me, if that makes any sense. And, well, up to date, I have, like, a very, very great relationship with my parents, both of them. My mom, of course, she cannot be beating me at this point again. But I think that the love correction, um, sitting me down to talk me into or about what I'm doing sort of worked for me because... I mean, if I was flogged every time, I feel like I'll be more rebellious as a, I would have been more rebellious as a child or growing up. But um, speaking to me about it, and I, I also feel like I probably would even try to use something like that on my children. Like, if you know that I'm doing it from a place of love to you, and um, I'm not trying to make you miss out on the phone and, and things like that, maybe it could sort of help because it actually helped me growing up. Yeah. Thank you, Covenant. Um, I actually had a question. God, I don't know why my brain is skipping this evening. That's fine. I, I, I think I'll come back to you on that. Um, Toby. Can someone have... else go before me? Pardon? Can someone else go before me? I said you next. No, I said you're the next person. Uh, I think can... like, She's not ready. Okay, if you're not ready, that's fine. Heavy, you have the center, the, the flow. Yep. 
Okay, so hopefully, I hope I'm not going to be cut off. No, you are loud and clear now, so shoot. Ah. So here, here goes mine. So I think mine was a double viral, and it has impacted in several ways, even some ways that I have not been able to figure out completely as of now. I think the idea of respect that was taught to um, my parents, I don't want to generalize, was m- more fear-induced respect. And that was what was relayed to us as kids. So um, at first, my both my mom and dad were very strict. So but as time went on, my mom particularly said she had to reduce... Um, been very strict so because she thought it did not make sense that both my dad and my mom would be strict at the same time so she had to pedal down so yeah um what one of the impacts that um i mean it had both the positive and the negative impact on me um one of the negative impact is um that I really do not know how to celebrate success as much. Um, uh, people probably saw um, a tweet I made that I did not go for my graduation. Interestingly, some people asked if I did not pass or or if or why I did not go to my graduation. Um, I've never been one to, and this is why, because while growing up, if I got a mark below an A or below a 70, I was flogged for it. So I was flogged based on the point system because my dad was in the education system, not as a teacher, but he was in an education in the education system. So his idea was, um, so if an A is um, seven points, if I get um, a C, which is a five point, it means I get two canes for that. So if you calculate it across all of the courses, all of, all of the courses rather, you then break it down, then I know how much cane I'm supposed to receive. If I get the red, that attracts extra cane. So even if I got a B, it wasn't to be celebrated because obviously it's not up to an A. So I still get cane for it. So even now, um, if I do not get as well as I had pre-planned in my mind, and I had, if I'm not getting that, it's very hard for me to celebrate those little wins. Uh, I mean, I'm working on it, I'm trying to get better at it, but so my mind is preconditioned to chase those goals. Very Is it just me or we can't hear have you anymore? It's not it's not just you. I can hear him as well. Can you hear me? Now we can. Hello. We lost you for a bit, but we can hear you now. Yeah. I think it's gone again. No, is it just me? I actually think he's good again. Harvey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the, absence of, in the absence of Harvey, can we just move on? Um, 
Lila Clover, Toby, can you do you want to go ahead? Toby. Nams, can you hear me? Is nobody hearing me? I can hear you, Lucy. I can hear you loud and clear. Tifa, can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Lucy. I can hear you. Okay, now, I'm, having, I'm having connection issues. I, I don't fear now. I was thinking I was in a world of my own. Go on. Uh, no, no, no. no. So, yeah, so um, for me, I, um, this topic is something that resonates with me because, especially for my dad, his blessed memory. Growing up, he was a very disciplined man, but then he was a very sweet man as well. Disciplined in the sense, uh, academically, like spiritually, because he was like very big on Christianity. I mean, I was born into a deeper life home, so you know what that means. So my dad was this kind of a person. If he's coming back from work, like maybe if you see his car from afar, you start running to your books and then... If you're playing football, you leave the football, whatever you're doing, you just go home and then start. Yeah, I'm okay. And then you start um, doing what you're doing. But there was something that I learned from my dad that, I mean, that's what is keeping me going till date. And that is faith. Like, no matter the situation that you're going through in life, like, no matter how bad that is, always learn to trust God. And he tells us that after prayers in the morning and then he'll give some biblical examples trust God, like trust him, like he'll never fail you yeah, I know it's very difficult trusting God, waiting on God's time and everything but then again, that particular um, should I say mental training that he gave, not just me but the rest of my siblings from when we were young like, I mean that's what's keeping me to that. I mean, let's see, there are some things that you know that have been through and then which faith, having faith in God, led me out of it. And at the end, it was testimony. So that's one thing I learned um, so much from my dad. And then also personal discipline, contentment. And I mean, there, there, there are so lots I, I, I learned from him as a result of um, a very good upbringing and all of that. Yeah. Sometimes might use like the rod and then of course beat us while we're growing but I think I can't remember if my dad like laid his hands on me up to like maybe two or three times now that he will use more of the bible he will even preach for you and tell you that this thing you're doing as a child is not good and then make biblical example at the end he still pets you then actually what's that thing that you want and then he's ready to give you as far as you're, you're, you're a very good child you listen to your parents you listen to your teachers and all of that so I think uh, training up a child the way um, the child should be, just like the Bible says, is, is, is very important. So I'll just stop here because I know we're running out of time. Thank you. Nams, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah sure. Do you think that sometimes this beating and punishment and all that can be likened or can be, you know, um, can be related to transfer of aggression from our parents? Well, do, you feel, uh, do you feel that that's a possibility? Because, I mean, there are sometimes you will ask yourself, what did you even do, Self, Did you kill somebody? Why are they beating you like this? Like, you understand me? So do you feel you owe that to sometimes transfer of aggression? Or, I mean, what do you think? 
Well, um, I'll say, yeah, uh, it might be transfer of aggression because maybe just imagine a situation whereby um, the parents, they are back from work after a very stressful day. Uh, we know how hardworking our parents um, are, like raising children, especially uh, back in Africa, it's not difficult with the economic crisis and all of that. And then most times, in fact, it's not most times, always our parents, they would rather, like, even though we are clothes, but to see their kids have the very best of clothes, go to the very best of schools. And then you see our parents walking on the street, like, so they, so, like, as a parent, going through all of this, and sometimes when, when you come back, your child is not performing well academically at school, your child is stubborn, this, this, this. You know how it's more of like an African thing, and the best way to express your dissatisfaction at that child is to maybe take, uh, there's this thing growing up, is it Pankere, we call it like those kind of cane, or even like I've seen parents that use wire, and those things, yeah, they are not good. They are not good at all, because at the end, why doing that, you might hurt the child. Maybe if it's a girl child, God forbid, the face and all those things. Like that child will grow up with that trauma and all of that. Even for the guys, I've seen we've seen a couple of cases back home where as the parents is beating the child, the child will just come there, God forbid, like pass on and all of that. So I mean, yeah, it's good to discipline children, but whilst you're doing that, you have to be very, very careful. In fact, there's no amount of carefulness that you can even like imbibe while doing this because you never can tell. Oh, we've seen there on the news on NCA, you see. Man, 58, beat child of 10 or 9 years, the child collapsed and then from there to the hospital, before you know, he's behind um, police custody and all of that. So I, I don't go with, um, what's it called, like beating a child, like all of that. It's rather, you just like talk to, I know it's, it's, it's very difficult. I'm not yet a parent, so I can't really say. So it's very difficult, like talking to children, especially back um, uh, here in the UK, but like in, in Nigeria, it's much more. Like easier for you to like talk to the kids and without them having any problem. And there's something, uh, was it Tifa that said later, which I agree with her, back home is not easy for even growing up as kids, always being vulnerable to our parents or like trying to open up to our parents to like talk to them about maybe like um, things that have to do with sexual education and all of that. So it's more of like the African thing. We don't do that because we don't feel comfortable doing that. But uh, of course, here in the UK and other uh, Western democracies, we see those things. Kids express themselves freely. And this helps to shape the child's um, boldness. Children can come out and, like, they're very bold. They're very confident. They express themselves and all of that. So, sorry, I don't know if you can hear me. Thank you very much, Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you very much. That's a very beautiful submission. Um, Harvey, you have, you have another chance to come. Yeah. Sorry about that. A call, a call came in, so I had to... Answer. So, um, as I was as I was saying the other time, so uh, that's one of the impacts. Like I could, it's hard for me to celebrate if it doesn't. It's um, the bull's eye of goal that I have set for myself previously, and to even make it worse, if I don't hit the bull's eye, there are times in the past where I have gone into. Um, short faces of um, depression. Um, so, um, I mean, there were, t- there were, there were, there was, a- can you hear me? Yeah, go on, go on. We'll cut for this. Okay. okay. So, um, then, the, the positive side of um, my dad being very strict, 
Um, obviously, from that same scenario, you can also see that, I mean, obviously, I, he, he had made me very goal-oriented, very driven. That's a positive from it, which is one thing I've learned to do now is um, pick every positive from even the very seemingly negative scenario. Then, um, on the flip side, the very strict nature was when I was growing up. I mean, I grew up with ladies. I'm the only boy in my house. So we used to fight. Um, I used to fight with my siblings. I used to, we used to beat each other up. I used to beat them. They would beat me and all of those. But my dad was always very strict with me about even beating lady, ladies even when we were fighting. That, that has stuck with me. Because if I disrespect ladies in any way, my dad beats me. And he lets me know the reason. Because he said something that stuck with me. Even though it is my sisters that I am fighting with and I'm beating, that one day when I get married and my wife becomes so close to me that it seems like we're friends or sisters and we have little disagreement that there are little triggers that are patterns that might spring up and might make me want to throw a punch or want to beat my wife, that I should be careful about those scenarios. But that was when I was very little, say seven, eight, thereabouts. So that that's, that's, that's a positive side of it. But now, I mean, I could relate to some of the things David said at some point about it being very tedious to have that relationship with his dad. Yeah, it was very tedious, but I, I'm still working on it. But like, I had I had to make serious moves and um, call my siblings together, help um, help tell them that um, we have to meet him at the point where he is. We have to start initiating conversation, and he started softening up. Um, we started. I mean, now we have conversations. Um, it could still be awkward, but. Um, I keep pushing every day to have very more holistic conversations. In fact, my dad now makes sarcastic jokes. We have, we joke together now. It gets better. So um, I'll say that's um, the both sides that it has come for. As he, as he, as he, as he, what do you say? Go on, yeah, go on. I, I was about asking that particular question. Has it impacted you? Yeah, I mean, it has impacted me positively. Okay. Um, so in a large what, sense what, of this, but it has also impacted me very negatively. Okay. And I had, I have had to start. Sorry, there's a feedback. Um, and I've had to work on a lot of things, and I am still working on things. In fact, there are certain things that have come up this year that I did not know that existed. But when I decided to sit down and then trace it back, um, I realized that it is from my childhood and the pattern stems from some of the things I've experienced through my parents. I mean, obviously, I was a very stubborn child, um, which I'm not going to say anything about because... But... Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm cutting you short. Uh, just one other question: Do you think, as a result of this, um, what's it called? As a result of this discipline and all that, do you think that you developed perhaps one or two other coping mechanisms to deal with it? Is it possible? Did you? Yes, I did. 
Oh, okay. Can you just talk about like war or something? Uh, maybe I'll talk about the the negative one. I mean, coping mechanisms. There are times when I shut down, shut myself off as a coping mechanism. Now, this is I'm a very calculative person. Um, I mean, maybe part of my upbringing because I've always played um, chess. I've always played very calculative games. So, um, when before I get home, I already prepare like several scenarios. Um, I know where my the angles my parents can come from. So if I'm going home, if I if I have offended or if I've not offended, I've already created different scenarios. So I'm prepared for all the scenarios. So worst case scenario happens. In fact, there were times when I prepared for worst case scenarios. My parents chased me out of the house. I was prepared for it. Um, that was how prepared I was. That was a coping, coping mechanism for me because it was, what's the worst that you could do? I already have it planned in my head and my ways of getting out of it. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Javi. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, the next person would have been Aruna or something, but she, I think she's gone off. In the absence of that, let's talk Let's talk with Lilac. Toby. I'm here. Don't call my you name have like the I'm mic, my I'm here. Okay. Um, so, growing up, my mom was like, the, whatever you do, I'll beat you your age. And add any extra gyra if she felt the offense needed it but the thing is there was never any like concrete evidence that i had done something wrong it was like oh she has a feeling that i lied she's beating me she thinks that i'm lying she's beating me there was one time um what's that thing called i'd been sick from school so i didn't have like notes for like a couple of days and then i'd gone back to school but like Class obviously was moving on. Class wasn't going to slow down for me. So I had to leave, like, pages in my notes empty to write notes for, like, the class that I was in. And then I got home, and she's going through my notes, and she's like, why is this page empty? And I was like, well, I've been sick. I'm trying to copy my notes. Before I even finished, I'll get bit. So, and then my dad was more like the talk to you, explain to you, give you life story. He, he basically uses his own life story as a moral lesson. So... Yeah, like, I'm much closer to my dad now than my mom because with my dad, whenever I was in trouble, I knew why I was in trouble. It made sense, and I did learn something for it. My mom, over time, is there to feel like, regardless, she's going to beat me based on how she feels, not what she actually knows or what, not what I've done wrong. So the funniest thing is she's, she still tells, you, like, tells me today that, oh, she beat me because she didn't want me to lie. But the truth is, regardless right now till like, as my big age right now whenever she asks me a question my first response to her would be what i think she wants to hear just because of how it was growing up so it's not even going to be a case of okay let me tell this woman the truth is like ah what, do, what does she want to hear oh yeah tell her what she wants to hear let it be um in terms of how that affected me i would say that like for a very long time it made me very self-conscious like I used to be that person where like I would be in the room but no one would know I was in the room like I used to always used to walk with my head down I would never really speak to anybody like it's been years of me trying to like grow my self-esteem and now be more outspoken but like 
speak to anybody that knew me like pre-2016, 2018, they would be like, Tobi was really shy. She would smile at you and then just look away and walk away. Like, And it was just because of how that happened. And um, personally for me, I would say that like, I don't think beating my child would be the go-to. I know that like there are some times where like beating might be like effective, but like it would have to be in stages where like, okay, the child has continuously done the same thing over and over and over and over again and they're not listening not just randomly or you know just every time they do something because after a while like beating does become ineffective your child is not going to like stop doing things out of fear anymore because they're going to be like ah what's the end of it at the end of the day they will just beat me and we'll move on so it it loses its value and it loses its impact like over time but yeah that's it basically Thank you very much, Toby. Uh, so, from from what you said, I, I, what I could get from what you said is, your 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 current response is more like a, a, a trauma response to the whole situation. If I if I got you right, right? In terms of responding to her, or like yeah, in terms of responding to her, yeah. Yeah, in terms of responding to her, yeah, like it's just I like it's basically what her whole kind of beat me and discipline me has done is basically how do I put it, teach me to just respond with what I think she wants to hear, know what actually happened. Yeah. But do you think, do you think at the end of the day, do you think that 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 discipline you got from both your parents, not just your mom now, but from both of them, do you think it helped you, it shaped you into a better person at the end of the day? Um, Whatever my mom was doing, didn't shape me into a better person. It just made me more fearful of a lot of things um but in terms of what my dad was doing yeah it did help a lot because a lot of how I operate right now is based on the teachings that I got from my dad or and I still get from my dad because he he's the kind of person that like he likes to talk things out like which you'll be like okay why have you done this what's it let me tell you a story he'll tell you about his own life he'll tell you how things were different in the day how he like sees like so that for me like helped a lot because now it's like whenever I like I do something or I want to do something I go through that same like level of okay why am I going to do this what does this achieve all of that all of that but in terms of my mom like beating me that for me like didn't have any positive impact okay thank you very much Toby well see there were a lot of situations where I was flogged yeah like my dad was my second name Lisa flogging Sam Lilo. It was it was crazy. It was crazy because it got to, there was a point in my life when I was actually when I was in secondary school where it was almost like there was no day that goes by that I don't get flogged. From school I like I get flogged from school. I come home to get flogged. Like it was it was a routine. It was a routine at the point. Because I was very, very stubborn. I was very strong headed. I mean, you know how you get flogged to the point to the point where you don't feel the cane anymore. Yeah, I got to that point. We, we, then we call it we're boning cane. I really bond the cane a lot. Like if you and the day you decide to flog me on my bum, like maybe that's why I'm a big bum bum. That's it. Because the day you flog me, I always flogging me on my bum bum. The day you flog me on my bum bum, you will flog and get tired. You see that is flogging me that will get tired. I don't get tired of getting the flogging. So. Generally, I, I personally do not think that 
the flogging at the end of the day really worked a lot for me. To be very honest, I feel, despite the fact that I have been through several situations over the years, I feel it was a personal effort that has well that has brought me to this point. Not hundred percent personal effort, but of course the motivational and um, fearful speeches that was given to me. You know, one of my dad's favorite speeches when he's trying to. Um, chastise you is telling you about how your mates are in prison and how they did this and do that and the fear of going to jail was always a very big thing for me I couldn't imagine myself in jail but I mean <laughs> it, it contributed a lot to how much I personally developed and all that my dad was always so big on telling that story you do a little thing in the house maybe you collect meat from the pot that they did not give you he will sit you down and tell you how he met one boy that was arrested, something, 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 few months ago. The boy is in jail, and they have been looking for a way to take him out of jail. He will not ask you, do you want to be like that boy? And me, <laughs> to think of the fact that I will leave the comfort of my father's house to go and visit that inside police station or jail. I couldn't think of it. They even to, to even have social vices, you know, in secondary school, like my mates, where uh, my mates were after school, they would go out, they would go clubbing and stuff. At that young age, I couldn't do it because I was really worried about a lot of things, and not just worried. I was I was really concerned about, of course, what would my parents say? My 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 dad as a person wasn't the type of person to flog. My mom was the flogging person. Oh my god, that woman has flogged me so much that sometimes I used to beg God to please show me my true mother. I'm not even kidding. I would beg God to show me my true mother. That, 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 maybe this woman was adopted me or something. She can't be my real mom. There sometimes I've even thought of going to do my own journey by myself because I was worried that that woman was maltreating me. But she's my mom. I can't really do anything about that. So you, you, you realize that over the years, they got tired of flogging me. Like, you can't continue flogging somebody for one thing over and over and over again. At a point, I had to speak to myself, you know, advise myself that this is not the way, this is not the way forward. This is not the life I wanted for myself. I had to learn things and unlearn things by myself, you know, while living alone and stuff. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we thank God for how much and how well we turned out to be. Today, no one flogs me. I do everything I want to do. All the social vices that I live with now. My family knows it, they, but they, they, there is a limit to what they can say or what they can do. The worst that can happen is I will block them on social media and nobody will beat me. They will know I blocked them. But I, I mean, I don't even care about that now. And um, I think that that's just that's just it for me. That's just it for me. Tifa, do you have something to contribute? Um, can you hear me? Loud and clear, baby. Oh, great. So, um, not much. Every, everyone has said, um... Everyone has said very, you know, important stuff. I really hope we take out as much as we can because we are, we are, well, we are birthing the next generation and it will be great if we can form them into better versions of us and not just pass down trauma from one generation to another, um, not just pass down what, you know, we were taught. Even if you were taught a certain way, certain thing, or you were um, brought up a certain way, it's important to take a step back to assess that way and ask yourself, 
is this was this really beneficial to me if this was not in this scenario would that have turned out a little bit better would that turn out a little bit differently so take out take the good out of the way you were better brought up our parents weren't all wrong they were not all bad they were some of their methods were very very effective so take the good out of it and you know drop the bad let's let's just be better for the next generation basically so yeah david over to you yeah, thanks, Tifa. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say our parents were wrong, to be fair, because in the moment or in the time when they were doing all of those things, to them, at that very point in time, they were doing the best. So um, if that's the best that you know and you're doing the best, given the circumstances, um, you can't really say they are wrong. They did not know better. And um, I think I ever stopped, shall I say, criticizing my dad around like 22, 23, because for the first time, I actually like, took a step back to Okay, let, let's even look at his own dad. Um, he's a massive upgrade from his own dad. His own dad did not send him to school. His own dad wasn't providing for him. He had to hustle from a very young age. Okay, but here he is, sending his kids to the best schools, spending millions and millions on education and all of that. And we've never been broke. So when you compare both of them, look at where he's coming from. Um, look at where he is. He's a massive upgrade from where he's coming from. Um, does that mean... There are no other places that you can do better. Of course, there are many other places. But again, when you look at it from that lens, um, I think you can be calmer, more receptive, and you can accept things a bit better. Um, because, yes, there are many things he's not doing right. But looking at where he's coming from and the information around him, there's really not much more you can do better, to be honest. Um, so, again, we have to continue. That channel has to continue. He's an improvement on his dad. I have to be an improvement on him. And hopefully my son also is an improvement of me. And I think that's the chain that would make the world a better place. Um, that's the chain that this part of the world they've adopted to a fault, by the way, because I think that they've gone through that improvement process that um, they've completed the cycle of improvements and maybe now heading towards destruction. But that's a conversion for another day because at the end of the day, kids are kids. Um, they need guidance, they need correction. I was at my sister's graduation on was it Friday? And there was like this water fountain somewhere like outdoor, outside. And kids that were just walking with their parents, going for shopping, doing different things, left their parents to come and play inside water with their clothes. And I was just looking like, um, okay, yes, I understand that they are kids. They want to have fun. They want to enjoy themselves. I understand that the parents want them to be happy. But I could not understand the fact that me and my son, we are going somewhere Maybe um, it's a timed place, and because he saw water somewhere, he just felt the need to run there and start jumping up and down. And now I have to worry about, oh, now his clothes are wet. I have to change his clothes. Like, I can understand why a Nigerian parent will have slapped me in that moment, okay? But here we are in a country where the kids were just there playing inside water. And it was difficult for me to process, to be very honest. But again, I guess um, there are certain things that you never really know until you start to leave them. So... I'll leave it at that. Is there any other speaker? Thank you very much, David. Um, right now, there is no other speaker. So um, we have almost come to the end of uh, just 90 minutes. But before we come to the end, um, I just want to thank a lot of you for you know coming around on Saturday for coming to party with EG and everything. I want to thank you. We appreciate you your time, your effort, your resource. 
Uh, we are grateful for your time that you spent with us. Uh, we appreciate everything you've done. And we hope and cheers to, you know, a bigger time, a bigger party, a bigger fun. Um, this is also cheers to having more fun times together. I mean, the rain tried, the rain tried to outsmart us, but of course, it was vibes on vibes on Saturday. And talking about vibes, there is another vibe we would like to talk about shortly. But before before that, uh, um, I'm sure most of you must have seen the pictures from um, the events and all that. Please, if you have any feedback whatsoever, if you have any feedback from the events, positive feedback, negative feedback, please kindly reach out to the EG handle and, you know, pass your feedback across to EG, uh, events by EG, whether on... Um, whether on um, Twitter or Instagram, wherever you can reach them, event by EG, please kindly reach out to them and please, your feedback will be very, very welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, Tifa, please, you have the floor. Can you just talk about the flyer up there? Um, Bromfest. Yes. Tifa. Is Tifa there with us? Um, I think she's a bit distracted, so... Tifa, she just dropped the message now, so I'm, I'm wondering why. Um, okay, Um. in the absence of Tifa, I, I just want to say that... Um, it's, it's Paul if, here, for any of them. Uh, it's Paul here. Paul, please, could you kindly request for the mic? Oh, any folic actually. Okay, I think she had network issues, but she's back up. Tifa, please, can you just kindly talk about um the Bromfest quickly? Hey guys, sorry, um, I had a bad connection. Uh, but yeah, Bromfest happened August fifth in Birmingham, and you know, Frolic, you know, is about to be a late situation, but this is about one of our best parties, if I dare say so, uh, because we're collabing with some of the hottest names in entertainment in Birmingham. So it's about to be a complete shutdown. So I promise you, if you've missed any Frolic party, you do not want to miss this one. And if you've never missed anyone, bet you want to be at this one. So I hope to see everyone there. Thank you very much, Tifa. Thank you very much. Um, David, do you have anything to say about this um, session or subsequent sessions and all of that as well? Um, for this one, I would like to um, re-echo re, re what I said when I started initially, when I said um, the, the, this, to discipline a child physically, um, it's not the problem. The problem is when that discipline shifts from being a form of correction to an expression or a release of anger. And I think that's the bit that our parents did not pay attention to. Um, there were many times that they were simply not correcting us. Um, they were beating you to make the case that you cannot afford to shame me. Okay, so I am angry that you're exhibiting traits that pose the risk of you shaming me in the future. And to stop that cycle from unfolding, I need to do everything I can without reason, without proportion to make sure you get the point that this part you're about to go through 
by no means can we even consider it. So that's what it is. It's it's the it's the the lane switch between I'm correcting this child to I am releasing the anger of the idea that this child to some degree might turn out irresponsible. Um and again all of this frustration and obsession with being responsible and being successful, I genuinely think comes from a very deep place of poverty. Because if you have suffered, if you have been poor, the last thing you want to ever have to deal with is is a child that is taking you back to poverty. So they would give you everything they have. And so they would leave no stone unturned to make sure you at least have a very good shot of life because that other option is just not something they can conceive in their heads. And um, yeah, as I said, we'll continue to learn. We'll continue to get better. I'm hoping we are better parents. Um, again, we can talk about these things from now to tomorrow. But then when the child comes, it might not be that easy to apply. But at least we can try. We can try. We can keep trying. And um, God will help us, I guess. I never born. Even though many people say I don't born too, but I don't have a child yet. Um, I don't know what kind of parent I'll be. I honestly don't know. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And um, hopefully, hopefully, when my child is speaking on spaces in the next 20, 30 years, whatever it is that time, um, you say better things than I'm saying about my dad. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> thank you very much, David. Thank you very much. Um, we want to thank you all for tuning in today for just 90 minutes. Episode 10, this is the 10th week. Well, it's supposed to be the 11th session. But um, this is the 10th episode, episode 10. David, you have something to say? Yes, yes. yes, um, yes there's, um, there's, there's a thought that has been playing in my head. Yeah, there's a thought that has been playing in my head. Um, it's it's still fresh, but I'm happy to share it anyways. I'm thinking of having like like th- themes for, for this episode. So like maybe the next five, ten episodes, we want to talk about marriage and then different topics within that particular theme. Again, it's just still a, still a thought. I've never even discussed this with the team. And so, like, maybe like a block of 10 episodes for a particular line of conversation, but with different topics within the same domain. Um, I just think it would be nicer to have that. But again, uh, it's still very fresh. It's very raw. It's, let's see how it goes. I'll talk with the team. If we can organize the topics along the same domain, keep them together. So, theme one, season one, we're talking about marriage, and then we just go 10 topics, boom. Um, we're talking about career progression. We'll just go down topics, boom, and something like that. But again, that, yeah, I'm still thinking about that. Listen, thank you very much, David. Uh, once again, thank you very much for tuning in to Just Ninety Minutes, Episode Ten. We like as usual. We will be here next week, same time, same day, Monday, eight thirty p.m. And hopefully, um, David is going to drop the topics for the topic for next week early so we can have a very you know interesting conversation for next week as well and um we'll be very hopeful to seeing each and every one of us on that same session next week and please come in when you come in come in early request for the mic early because like you already know uh just 90 minutes it's just 90 minutes and we cannot really exceed that most times it's when uh most times it's when um, the space is about to end that people begin to ask for um, to come up to the speaker session and it's quite difficult because we can't really accept people especially within 20 minutes or 30 minutes to the end of the session so please 
um next week same time same day, um same day monday thank you very much um david let's yeah, have our sign up music yeah, i think that's, that's that's more than enough talking for one day so i'm just gonna find one calm song to call it the night um yeah thank you very much Shot City, Shot City. I'm coming home again. Do you think about me now and then? Yeah. Do you think about me now and then? 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 Do you think about me now